Amen. We sure appreciate the choir helping us to understand what today is all about. And uh, if you would, take your Bibles this morning, and hopefully if you're visiting with us, you grab one of the outlines. You can follow along with the message this morning, and those at home, maybe you received, if you're part of our church family, an email with the outline. But uh, you think about a day like today, Resurrection Sunday, or many call it Easter. Now, the word Easter is actually found in the Bible. It's in one verse in the New Testament, Acts chapter number 12, and verse number 4. And, of course, you think about Easter, of course, the word east there, the sun rising in the east. And we find here this morning, as we think about Easter, Resurrection Sunday, I've entitled the message, Did Jesus Christ Rise from the Dead? Sounds like an easy question for those of us that are Christians today, but I think we live in a world where there's a lot of confusion about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Most children have no clue that Easter is about Jesus. They think it's about the bunny and about eggs, and again, I don't mean to be a spoiler today. I think you can have a good time, but we want to make sure that we understand what today is really all about, what it represents And we live in a world today that has taken the knowledge of God's Word and removed it from society. The world doesn't want want us to know, uh, uh, doesn't want anyone to know about God. I love if you turn to the last book of the Bible or there in your notes, you see as you look at the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ, the Bible mentions in verse number 18 of chapter number 1, Jesus saying these words, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. Now, about a week ago, many years ago, Jesus went to an old rugged cross, not for anything that he had ever done wrong, he went there because of our sins. Because of everything that anyone that ever would be born would do. The Bible says that Jesus was without sin. As Jesus went to that cross, the Bible mentions that in those hours that he hung there, that he eventually gave up the ghost. His life was gone from him. And his testimony in the last book in our Bible, he says, I am he that liveth and was dead. But notice, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Jesus said, look, there was a time when my life ended on this earth. God turned his back on his only begotten son. See, all of us, We were born into this world. We have a day that we call our birth day. Physically, we were born. We will live on this earth until our death day. Now, no man knows the day nor the hour. We're not even assured of a tomorrow. What's important is what comes between your birth day and your death day. If you look on a gravestone, a headstone, you'll see the dates, birthday and death day, but you'll see a dash. 
That dash represents what takes place between those two days. What there needs to be between those two days is there needs to be another birthday, a spiritual birth, as the Bible calls it. The Bible uses the word salvation to be saved. People that are saved are Christians. That doesn't mean they're perfect. We're far from it. The only difference is we're saved by the grace of God. So a person that is saved, watch this, is born physically and born spiritually and will die and spend eternity with the Lord. But a person that is born physically, that is not born spiritually, will die and spend eternity without the Lord. It's a choice. Now, the greatest thing about that is that Jesus has made it possible that you and I could have eternal life. And all of this revolves around today, which is known as the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we celebrate it today on what we call the Lord's Day. Now, as you look at the book of Revelation, of course, John is the one God is allowing to write these words. Jesus' testimony there in verse 18 is, I am alive forevermore. John was able to see and behold the Lord in his glory. The verse before that, Revelation 1.17, listen to what John says. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, for I am the first and the last. See, we live in this world, no doubt. And even as Christians, from time to time, we make much of this world and make very little of the world to come. See, there is an eternity. And according to God's word, we will either spend eternity, all of eternity, forever with the Lord, or we will spend all of eternity without the Lord. John was testifying here in, of that the Lord liveth and he abideth forever. The reins of the universe are still held in the hand of our Savior. The future that we have as a Christian, our future is certain with God. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that we are already seated in the heavenlies with the Father. The Bible gives us a great illustration of the resurrection. You see, Jesus went to the cross. Jesus gave his life for us. But the Bible gives us clear testimony that Je Jesus went into that tomb, but just as he said, he came forth from it. We see this recorded in the first book after what is known as the Gospel records, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the book of Acts. If you look in your notes or in your Bible in chapter 1, Luke is the one being used to pen these words. The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day, look at it, in which he was taken up after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. To whom also, to those apostles, to those witnesses, notice these words, he showed himself 
alive. He who was dead showed himself alive, notice, after his passion, after going through the crucifixion, after going through all that he experienced for us. And he, listen, he showed himself alive by many infallible proofs. You know what that means? He left no doubt. Clearly, people could not say. Remember when they set up the watch at the tomb? They rolled the stone over the entrance. Why? Because Jesus had said that he was going to rise from the dead. And so they wanted to make sure that the disciples were not going to come and take the body of Jesus and then say that he rose from the dead. But the Bible says here in Acts 1, look at it, he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, for 40 days. That's nearly six weeks that Jesus spent with his own, giving proof of the resurrection. And the Bible says that he gave them many infallible proofs of what? That he was alive. See, the Bible tells us that after these 40 days, what did Jesus do? Well, he went to what is known as the Mount of Olives. And it was there that Jesus ascended back to be with his heavenly Father. That's where he is today. He's seated at the right hand of God. The book of Romans tells us in chapter 8, it is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Now, I don't know if you've ever had the Lord making intercession. Remember who he's interceding to, and that is his Father on our behalf. You know why? Because even if you're saved today, you see verses in the Bible like 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, that's written to Christians. See, we still make mistakes. One of those people that Jesus called to follow him, his name was Peter. Peter was a man that made a lot of mistakes like me, like you. Remember how Peter's own testimony was as Jesus was getting closer to the cross? Lord, I'd never deny you. Lord, I'm with you. No matter what people say, no matter what people do, I would never deny you. And Jesus said before the cock crow, Peter, you're going to deny me. Remember how that happened? You ever let the Lord down? The Bible says that Peter's eyes met the Lord's. I can only imagine what was going on in Peter's heart when Jesus looked at him, how he had failed. Peter's hope was gone. We live in a world, especially in this past year, where it just seems like people have no hope. They're looking in all kinds of places for hope. And I tell you, you're not going to find it in the news. You're not going to find it in government. People are searching for hope. But Peter found the source of hope. Because Peter's hope was restored 
when Jesus showed himself alive after he had been crucified, just as he said he would. And we see that in the Bible, Peter was the one that on that day in the book of Acts, known as the day of Pentecost, Peter was the one that was privileged to stand there that day and preach as I am this morning about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if you have your Bible or your notes this morning, look with me at his message that morning in Acts chapter number 2. The Bible says him, he's referencing Jesus here, being determined or delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. In other words, what happened to him might have looked like it was because of what man did, but this was the plan of God all along. And the Bible says as he continued to preach to them, he says, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it is not possible that he should be holden of it. Do you know what Peter's saying there? He says death could not hold him. The grave could not keep him. He goes on to say, he references the Old Testament psalmist, David. He says, David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore, my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope because thou shalt not leave my soul in hell. Neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou, thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. He's saying, look, David lived on this earth just like I am right now, and David lived his life until his life expired, and now he's dead, and he's been buried, and he's in a sepulcher. His body is. That's where he still is. But notice as he preaches on, he says, Therefore, being a prophet, knowing that God have sworn with an oath to him that the fruit of his loins, David's, according to the flesh, that he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this, before spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption, this Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this, which we now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit, on the, sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Peter's hope. Hey, folks, listen. There was a, a low time in his life where he had failed the Lord, but his hope was restored. How? By the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And no wonder when you see Peter preaching that message of the resurrection on the day of Pentecost, no wonder there were 3,000 souls that trusted Christ that day because Peter was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Paul 
declares this in Romans chapter 1. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it, the gospel, is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Do you know that before Jesus went to the cross, on a couple occasions he actually spoke, referenced his resurrection? One of those incidents we find in John chapter number 10 where Jesus says, therefore doth my father love me. He makes that statement, but notice he tells us why. Look at it. The father loves him because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No man taketh it, my life, from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. You see, he was led as a lamb to the slaughter. Jesus laid his life down. No one took it. Can you imagine seeing the Son of God? He did not have to be wrestled to the cross. Jesus put his hands out. He let them drive those nails through his hands, through his feet, the spear in his side, the crown of thorns on his head. All that he went through, he had the power to lay it down, but he had the power to take it up again. The Bible tells us that he spoke of his resurrection. On one occasion, Jesus had gone into his father's house, the temple. There were people, individuals, and they had gone in there not to worship the Lord. They had gone in there to make money, merchandise in the house of God. That's not the place to do business. The Bible says there in John chapter number 2, Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Now that blew the Jews' minds because they knew how long it took for them to cut those stones out of the side of a hill and to be able to assemble that and put it all together. And they thought, it took so long to do that, and yet he's making this claim that he can do it in three days. And notice, they said, 40 and six years was the temple in building, and wilt thou raise it up in three days? But he spake this of the temple of his body. He was talking about where they took his lifeless body down from that cross. And they put him in that garden tomb. And in three days, he would walk out of that tomb. See, he, he spoke of his resurrection. Why? Because even the world in his day when he was on this earth, the world then and the world today needs hope. They need hope. Well, where is that hope found? It's not... In something of this world, the world can only give us a false hope. Only God can provide hope. Well, how does that hope come? It comes through the resurrection. And this morning, can I tell you, as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, 
I believe in the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I think as we look at the scriptures, I think there are some proofs that the resurrection really happened. Notice, first of all, I want you to see with me that salvation is proof of the resurrection. Salvation. If you are saved today, then just like me, you and I that know Christ, we've already had a resurrection in our lives. The Bible says that a living Savior raised us from the dead. Look at the Bible says in Ephesians 2, You hath he quickened, who were dead in your trespasses and sins. See, you and I, we cannot save ourselves. We are dead in our sins, spiritually speaking. But God is the one that can quicken us. God is the one that can make us alive. We see this in reference even to the word of God that you hold in your hand this morning. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, or excuse me, uh, Hebrews chapter number 4, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Listen, God's word is quick. It's alive. And as we hear the living word, what it does is it brings our dead soul. It brings us to life. God has made us alive together just like he's made his word a living word. So when you think about your life this morning, folks, the reality is this. You are either alive in Christ or you are dead in your sins. It's that simple. Only Christ can make you alive. No church, no pastor, no priest, no good works, no amount of money that you give. No matter what you do with your life, no one can give you eternal life. Only Christ can make you alive. Why? Because Everyone is spiritually dead. The Bible says, in, look at Psalm 51, 5. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. That's why we need a resurrection. And a resurrection is a supernatural act of God. The question this morning is, is there proof in your life that you have been made alive? Or are you still dead in your sins? See, one thing when I think of the resurrection, that's proof of the resurrection is salvation. Are you saved today? The second proof of the resurrection is Sunday. Say Sunday, well, there was an event that took place many years ago that changed the entire world. And that event happened on a Sunday, and that event is called the resurrection. When you look at the gospel records, we look at one of them this morning, Luke 24 and verse number 1. The Bible records there, now upon the first day of the week, it says, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared, and certain others with them. When you look in the gospel records, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and you look at where they record this event, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, all of them have the resurrection taking place on the first day of the week. The first day of the week is Sunday. Now, don't get me wrong. The Jews had hope in the resurrection. They believed in the resurrection. We see that as Jesus dealt with 
Martha, and of course the situation with her brother Lazarus, and the Bible says in John eleven twenty three that Jesus said unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Listen to what Martha says to Jesus. I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. You know what that means? She had faith. She believed that he would rise in the resurrection. Now, Jesus just solidifies that. He just helps her to understand when he says in verse number 25 of the same chapter, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, notice, not what we do, not what we give, not who we are. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Did you hear that this morning? That's why the Bible calls it everlasting life, eternal life, because it's forever. You know why? Because we cannot save ourselves only God can save us. And when God saves us, he gives us everlasting life. And so Sunday is proof of the resurrection. Now, Jews worship, even still today, they worship on the Sabbath. That begins at sundown on Friday evening. They, they worship the, on the Sabbath. Now, Christian folks worship on Sunday. And the reason that we do that is because Jesus rose on the first day of the week, and so every Sunday is the first day of the week. And I think about this, every time we get together with the Lord, it is a reminder to me that this is the Lord's day and that Jesus rose on the first Sunday, the first day of the week, Resurrection Sunday. So Sunday is proof of the resurrection, and our salvation is proof of the resurrection. What? That Jesus is alive forevermore. But then notice another proof. And I want you to think about this this morning because if you are saved, understand that service is proof of the resurrection. Now, certainly we think about how in our lives we demonstrate by the way we live our lives, how we serve him, our service to him is proof that we believe in the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. Take your Bibles with me this morning and flip over a couple chapters to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, if you would. And I want, I want you to look at a few verses here. This is an entire chapter. is a great chapter in the Bible. But I want you to look at the beginning of chapter 15, 1 Corinthians. Notice verse number 1. Moreover, brethren, it's written to Christians, I declare unto you, notice the word, the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand. Now, remember what the gospel is. It's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So he says, that's wherein ye stand. Look at verse 2. By which also ye, have, ye, were, ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. So hopefully you're faith, your trust in Christ this morning and the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He says, otherwise, your faith is vain. It's empty. Your salvation is worthless. Look at verse 3. Paul says, for I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. Verse 4. 
that he was buried, that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. So two times in two verses he says what happened, the death, burial, and resurrection happened exactly the way that it was given in the word of God according to the scriptures. It's not some preacher's opinion. It's not some church's opinion. It's not a catechism. It's what thus saith the Lord. Now look at verse number five. We're thinking about the resurrection. The Bible says in verse five, and that he was seen of Cephas. Then he was seen of the 12. Verse six, after that he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. In other words, their life ended somewhere in that time period. Verse 7, after that he was seen of James, then he was seen of all the apostles. Verse 8, and last of all he was seen of me also as of one born out of due time. So Paul is giving clear testimony. Remember Acts 1, that Jesus was seen alive after his passion by many infallible proofs. So there again, we see there's no doubt that Jesus was alive. You say, well, pastor, that's about the resurrection. You said that our service is proof of the resurrection. Well, I wish we had time to look at the entire chapter, chapter 15, But go to the last verse of chapter 15, and if you were to back up and look at the entire chapter, notice the very first word in verse 58, therefore. Anytime you see the word therefore, it's there for a reason. So if you go back, you can see why it's there. And if you go back, guess what it's talking about? The resurrection of Jesus Christ, the hope of the resurrection. Now look how he ties this in in verse 58. Therefore, talking about the resurrection, my beloved brethren, Christians, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That's talking about our service. Look at the next statement. For as much as ye know that your labor, your service, is not in vain, it's not empty, in the Lord. When God saved us, He left us here for a reason. He left us here to serve Him with our lives. And our service to Him is proof of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Paul is stating these words, he's basing all of his service upon what? The resurrection. The reality is in my life. Listen, folks, people don't have to make me serve the Lord. I want to serve him. I love serving him. Why? Because he went to the cross. He gave his life and he rose from the dead, giving me eternal life And so my service to him is proof of the resurrection. Our Christian service is a testimony to the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now Paul takes this a step further as he writes to the church in Philippi in chapter 3 of the book of Philippians. Look at the verse. Paul writes that I, notice personal here, 
He says, that I may know him. Well, how is Paul, Paul saying he's going to get to know him? The power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Now, I don't know where you are in your Christian life. See, I've known a lot of Christians over the years, and I always praise the Lord that people put their faith in Christ. I hope this morning you're saved and you know it. But see, a lot of Christians don't realize God saved them to serve Him. They're missing out on some of the greatest moments and blessings in their lives to serve the Lord. You see, when we serve God, it is proof of His resurrection. And Paul writes here that he wants to know Him. Look, in a way that maybe he would not have known Him if he would not have served Him. You and I, we get to serve God. Listen, can I tell you that as we serve Him, we get to be a blessing. Can I tell you this morning, we are not the blessing. Christ is the blessing. Well, how is He he the blessing? How is Christ released in us, in your life and mine, to be a blessing to others? Well, notice Paul writes here in, 1 Corinthians, look at verse 31. He says, I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. Look at these three words. Paul says, I die daily. You know what he's saying? It's not about me. I serve him because he rose to give me eternal life. Paul says, every day of my life, When I get up in the morning, I have to die to self. I have to die to the flesh. See, we won't serve Him when we're living our lives for us. Look what the Bible says in John 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it just abideth alone. But notice, but if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Your life, my life. Folks, when you think of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Easter, understand that your salvation is proof that Jesus rose. Sunday is proof that Jesus who was dead is now alive forevermore. But our service is yet further proof of his resurrection. And as somebody said, there's no painless way to follow Jesus. Paul writes again, look at it, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Do you want people to know God through your life? How you live your life, what you do for him? things you maybe have lived for that were so important to you are no longer any important to you. You know, we live our lives sometimes for the approval of man. See, the only thing that matters is that God is pleased with our lives. As I think about the resurrection, can I challenge you? Listen to me. I know it's a special day. 
but live your life every day in the power of the resurrection that he's already given to you. And I pray that you know him as your Savior. You see, there are some proofs of the resurrection. And the most important one of those is salvation. Have you been born again by the Spirit of God? And if you are saved, then listen, every Sunday, not just Easter Sunday, every Sunday should be a special day because it reminds us it's the Lord's Day that Jesus rose to conquer death, hell, and the grave. And our service, what are you going to do with the life God's given to you? The most important thing you can do is give your life to serve Him. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? With our heads bowed and our eyes closed. I appreciate you being here today. But as much as I'm glad you came, the reality is that you're here because someone invited you and the Lord prompted you to be here today. When you think about being here and what you just heard, Remember how I started the message this morning? There's so much confusion about the resurrection, about Easter. The most important thing about this day is that we have a Savior who is alive forevermore. See, unlike other leaders of this world, unlike other religious figures. They died, they were placed in the tomb, the grave, and that's where they stayed. But up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes. See, Jesus is alive today. Do you know him as your Savior? Would you stand with your heads bowed and your eyes closed as we begin what is known as a time of invitation? And as you stand with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I just want to ask you this morning, Christian, why don't you come? Come down to the altar, spend some time with the Lord, and thank God for Resurrection Sunday, a day that you can think about how He rose from the dead so that you can have eternal life. You want to come today and thank God for the hope that you have. We live in a world where there is very little, if no hope. But aren't you glad that we have hope in Jesus? What about you today? Right where you're at, do you know Christ as your Savior? If this was the last day you spent on this earth, are you 100% sure that you would open your eyes in eternity in the presence of God. If you're not completely sure, the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You see, all of us must come to the reality that we're sinners. The Bible says that we were born in sin. In our mother's womb, we were shapen in iniquity.
You see, none of us deserve heaven. The only reason we can go there is because the Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. How many of you this morning by an upraised hand could say, Pastor, I've had a time in my life that I realized I was a sinner and I asked Jesus to forgive me of my sin and be my Savior. I'm saved today and I know it. Would you slip your hand up as a testimony of your salvation? I see hands all over the auditorium this morning. You can put your hands down. No one's looking around, or heads bowed, and our eyes are closed. I wonder this morning. Might be a man or a lady here that's never settled this. You're just not sure. Maybe you've never heard what you heard this morning. And you realize that if you were to die today because of the sin in your life, without Christ, you wouldn't go to heaven. Would you pray this morning, right where you're at, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed? Pray a simple prayer to God. A prayer something like this, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and be my Savior. Right now, would you just pray that? If you've never done it before, you don't have to pray a prayer of salvation over and over again because remember, He gives you eternal life. But if you've never been saved, where you're at, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and be my Savior. And here's what the Bible says. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. No one's looking around this morning. But I want to rejoice with you if you prayed that prayer to receive Christ this morning as your Savior. Did you pray that prayer? Would you slip your hand up this morning, Pastor? I prayed and asked Christ to be my Savior. Would you, you can put it up, put it right back down. I see that hand. Thank you, ma'am. You can put it down. Anyone else? Just slip it up, slip it right back down. Pastor, I prayed and received Christ as my Savior. Anyone else this morning? Lord, thank you for this one precious lady that raised her hand, that put her faith in you this morning. I'm thankful for all of us as Christians that just like Peter, from time to time, our hope seems like it's gone. But today has been a day to restore the hope that only your resurrection can give us. Thank you for giving your life so that we can have eternal life. And we'll ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.